catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. The relationship between religion and science has been a subject of continued debate in philosophy and theology. Though that isn't the essence of our conversation today, one way to tell the difference between science and religion is the claim that science concerns the natural world, whereas religion concerns both the natural and the supernatural. It isn't an exhaustive difference, but at least it's a good place to start whenever you think of science and religion in the same sentence or in a relationship. And if you want to go a bit further, religion is known to deal with morality, purpose, and meaning. For the major religions in the world, different personalities and activities and events give meaning to their faith. And for example, you can hardly call yourself a Christian if you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ or a Muslim if you don't believe that Angel Gabriel dictated the Quran to Prophet Muhammad. Now, if you're new to the term, Christianity is an Abrahamic monotheistic religion, currently the largest religion in the world, which developed in the first century, that's after the birth of Christ, out of Judaism from a group of followers of Jesus. And currently, Christianity is now one of the most widely practiced religions in Africa, along with Islam, and is the largest religion in sub-Saharan Africa. Not surprising to Nigerians, because Nigeria has the largest Muslim and Christian population in sub-Saharan Africa, which has basically three major religions, including Christianity, Islam, and Africa traditional religion. Just as was earlier said, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ gives central prominence to the Christian faith, and we're at that point in the calendar called Easter. It's considered the holiest period on the Christian calendar, and this period marks the celebration of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, his victory over death, and the promise of eternal hope and redemption. For non-believers, it's another holiday on the calendar filled with brightly dressed people looking merry, lots of eating and merrymaking at entertainment spots. And about a year after the COVID-19 was pronounced a global pandemic by the World Health Organization, thereby stalling the proper celebration of this all-important season, Christians may not have fully recovered from the effects of the pandemic lockdown on their practices and celebration of the season. Meanwhile, aside the effects of the pandemic lockdown, a number of issues currently plague Nigerians, among which are high-level insecurity, poverty, and a host of others. Now, after talking to a number of Nigerians about the season, um, many were not really excited about celebrating the season, considering the myriad of issues, which seems to be nowhere close to an end. Well, listen to them. Your Easter period. Well, sincerely, I don't have plans of celebrating the Easter's because Nigeria is somehow now based on the COVID-19. There is no money anywhere and everywhere is dry. But still, by the grace of God, no matter how it comes, you are going to celebrate it. But first of all, thank God for life. I'm a church. I'm a Easter is a Christian something, so we need to be happy and be celebrated. So that day or this period, we had to be at home and celebrate with our families. And I wish everybody well celebration. Thank you. I'm a Muslim, I'll just be at home. 
sleep. I need my friend call me. So I'll just go. That's all. Easter is a Jewish culture. So since we are Christian and we are following the Jews religious, we need to follow them and celebrate. And Easter, according to the history, is a Jewish wife culture. So we need to celebrate them since we are Christian and we are following their religion. Thank you. I'm a Pentecostal. I'll celebrate it with my loved friend in church. Possibly we can organize a seminar, concert, we sing, we celebrate because it's a culture. We are about to approach the Easter, but I believe that every prayer I need to pray in this Easter season is for peace to the whole world, to the whole nation. Yeah, so you heard them there, amazing views from Nigerians. So we had to get to a priest of the Catholic faith to give proper perspective to these issues amidst the celebration which the Catholic Church has over a century kept faith with and led the world in celebrating. We'll be talking to the assistant chaplain St. Augustine Catholic Chaplaincy Federal Polytechnic, Oko Anambra State in Nigeria, and the founder, Faith on the Street. He just finished his advanced research master's degree in theology and religious studies in KU Leuven University, Belgium, and is about to further his PhD research studies in the United States of America. Meanwhile, he's currently in Nigeria for some research and we had to bring him on. If you didn't know, theology is the study of religious beliefs. Reverend Father Charles Madwekwe is our guest today. Welcome, Father. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I'm very happy to be here in this program today. Yeah, so let's start with the idea of Easter. We've only done an intro into the general idea of Easter and what it means, but it would be better to hear from the horse's mouth. What is the spiritual meaning of Easter? Like, why is it so important to Christians and why does it keep being celebrated? Yeah, thank you so much for your question. Easter is very, is the very central belief in Christianity. Why it is so is because we call ourselves Christians because of the, the saving event, the death, the suffering and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We believe that these seven events, the suffering, the death and the resurrection has uh, actually bought our salvation and the God himself has bought us for him, for the Father that we are people who are saved by these divine actions of Jesus Christ. So that's why we are celebrating this Easter. It is the, it is the moment of uh, the period of we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus died and resurrected for our sake and saved humanity. Not just Christians, everybody. So as we are going to see, Easter season, Easter is not just about uh, Christians, it's for the whole of humanity. So Easter season gives us the meaning for us. For, for us, it is some kind of interpretive key, something we use to make meaning of life. You know what you can call it the meaning system. You, you have so many people out there. You know those people that gave their opinion about the celebration. So many of them, you get the feeling out there that people are suffering. There is suffering and poverty in the land. There is coronavirus pandemic. And a lot of things that are happening. People are people are not happy, are happy. There is insecurity in the land. So that's why the Easter makes a whole lot of sense at this period. That when we are celebrating the death, the suffering of Jesus Christ, we are celebrating the death of Jesus Christ. We are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are saying by this very celebration, we want the people, the world to know that all the challenges we are facing, are not in themselves dead-end tragedies, but they are leading us to some possible resurrection. 
that death has no final word. Death does not have the last word. That is, is resurrection. That is the final word. That there is hope at the end. And when people have this kind of understanding, when people have this kind of interpretive key, for me, it changes everything. It changes everything. And when you also know that God himself also participated in human suffering, and not just passively tolerating it, it changes everything. So that's what the Easter is all about. So Easter is not just about the resurrection. It is about the death, the suffering, death and resurrection. That's why within, there is what we call in the Catholic Church the three doom, three special days we bring out to mark this whole of the corpus of Easter, beginning with the Holy Thursday and then followed by Good Friday and then the Easter. So that is it. They are together in the whole of, that's what we, we call it, the Pascal mystery. The seven events through which Jesus brought our salvation. Hmm, amazing one there, Father. But listening to what Nigerians had to say when we went out to ask them, why exactly should we celebrate the season? Is there anything to celebrate at all? A lot of Nigerians and indeed people around the world do not feel really excited with the celebration and holidays because several issues continue to trouble humanity. Now, Father, how reassuring is the sacrifice and promise of Jesus Christ over 2,000 years later? Do you really think that there's still a reason to celebrate this season? There is a whole lot of reasons to still celebrate Easter because one of the reasons is this. The world cannot provide us how to make meaning of human suffering. The world cannot give us, science cannot even give us that. Finding meaning of life in the midst of suffering, it is not within the province of science. The world cannot give that. So it is only through that belief, belief in God, that's what religion, good religion offers. It tries to tell us that and Christianity is telling us that the way we can make meaning of the suffering in this world, number one, is to, is to look at the cross. Look at that, our Savior, our God. He himself suffered. That's why the church at this period is inviting us to focus our attention on the cross. Everybody's attention is on the cross at this, at this period. So when you are looking at the cross, you are going to understand how you can live out your suffering. One of the things Jesus on the cross can do for us is this. Jesus on the cross is exposing the lies, the lies about evil in the world, the evil we see in the world. We have heard that evil in the world is as a result of uh, the bad people in the world that have uh, caused it. You know, there is, in fact, there is this uh, Russian philosopher called Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He said that even if you go and pack every evil people in the world and they uh, pack them in a warehouse and then kill all of them. That as far as there are still human beings in the world, that evil will still come there and affect those people. So, so the world has taught us that to deal with evil, to handle suffering, they are that we need to kill this person. We need to hate these people from the north. Or we, we need to hate these people from the south. That they are the problem we are having. But Christianity and Jesus himself is coming at this time to tell the world, to, to expose the lie and saying it is not about it, that violence has never changed anything. In fact, that violence will, will, will destroy us if we hold on to that teaching of the world. That's why the whole of the narrative of the, of the passion, the death and suffering we are, we are looking at and contemplating at this period. We see Jesus himself, they were flogging him, they were doing him all sorts of things. He never said a word. He returned, he went on the cross and said, forgive them. 
for they do not know what they are doing. He made his body, the sufferings entered him, and then he, the whole suffering stopped there. He did not pass the evil to, to us who are his followers and say, fight after me, fight for me, fight my battle. Like so many families used to do when they are having problems with people, they will hand over the, the enmity to their children and great-grandchildren. But Jesus is here, that's what he brings. At this period, we are having insecurity while we are having disunity in Nigeria and telling us that it is not about blaming people, that we have to fight evil and it is not about fighting evil people mainly. So it is about fighting evil that is the cause. We know who the real enemy is. So that's what Jesus wants us to learn and why people can, even in the midst of all the sufferings they are having in this world, it is important they know that evil is not overcome by fight or flight but rather by fission. That's why Jesus himself, God himself, embraced the suffering and then transformed the suffering. The, the, the whole thing transformed it. It's changed into something positive. It brought life. It brought redemption for us. That's what he wants us to go and be doing in the world. So that whenever people um, come into us, so many people think that they are fighting so many just cause, you know, feel that they are, they are hating. They are, they are, are hating on behalf of something holy. You know, about, uh, on behalf of God or religion or truth or morality, their children or love of country. Though so many people do that, but it, it, it does not occur to them that they are becoming exactly what they fear and what they hate. So that's what Easter and no other place can you get this kind of interpretive key and this meaning system. It is only in Christianity. That's where you have it. So that's why it is very, very extraordinary and unique that we pay attention at this moment. And that is why it is necessary that Easter celebration will continue to go on until we get to understand these things and know who the real enemy is. Hmm. Wow, that's a lot said, Priest Father. And I do hope that Nigerians listening right now can see that irrespective of everything that is ongoing, there's always a reason to celebrate. There's a reason to be happy. Now, Father, let's go to science. Let's talk science. Well, science may not explain religion, but religion and science, we've studied over the years, they've had several interactions and keep having interactions. Yeah, the church has always maintained, especially in the, in the Second Vatican Council that took place between 1962 and 1965, came up with uh, so many documents of that council. And one of the documents, what we call Gadum Espes, yes, the church in the modern world, you know, says that, that there is no clash between science and faith. There is no contradiction between science and faith. Science and faith, they, are all, they all belong to God, faith and reason. They all belong to God. So many people, there are so many Christians today that believe it is faith alone. That's why when they are sick, they go to, the, to their pastor, they pray for them and they, they, they go and sleep. And after the person dies, and when the person dies and you go ask the pastor, the pastor will say, um, the person has no faith. But if you come to me, I will, tell, I will pray for you, but I will tell you, I will make sure you go to the hospital. So that's what we are teaching. The Catholic Church is teaching that faith and reason work together. If, if you believe only in faith, it is called fideism. Then if you believe in reason alone, we're also against the other extreme, which is rationalism. That is saying that it is reason alone. There is nothing like faith. That is another extreme. What we believe is that we strike a balance. There is what we call suprarationalism, suprarational, that it is suprarational. What it means is that reason is involved 
But it does not end with reason. It goes beyond reason. That is where faith takes place. So it is faith and reason working in harmony. So having said this, we understand why the Catholic Church, in the document Pope Francis has released from last year, asking everybody to pay attention, to work with uh, you know, the, what the guidelines, the scientists are giving us. The, the church is not saying that we should not pay attention to scientists, especially when they bring out certain things that are good for the promotion, promotion of the common good, that is good. So we, we buy into it and then we encourage our people to, to, to do that. So faith and reason work together and this is how it happens. And they, um, that's why even in the Catholic Church, we tell people we have what we call the sacraments. We already have a background that helps our people to navigate through these challenges. We, we believe in sacraments. And what does it mean? That God works through certain material realities. Like we believe in Eucharist. Eucharist is one of the sacraments. That Jesus Christ himself, through ordinary bread, he changes it into his body. So we already have that kind of sacramental mindset that helps us that God can walk through medicine, that God can walk through vaccine to change the world and heal the world of coronavirus. I had somebody say that faith is only about morality and all of that. Everything belongs to God. In our Igbo parlance, people say that the whole of the world belongs to God. Everything in it, both science, faith, everything and technology, they belong to God. And that's why they are going to be used, they should be used for the glory of God and the promotion of human flourishing. Wow, interesting. God owns faith and science and technology and all that concerns them. Quoting Thomas Merton, reason is in fact the path of faith and the, the path to faith and faith takes over when reason can say no more. Well, over the years, many people have turned to religion for some certain level of direction and interaction with the divine but we've had growing distractions over time which have been talked about just like digital technologies now are digital technologies enhancing or worsening man's relationship with god i would say both there are you cannot nobody can take away what the information technology new media technology and all of that have done to humanity you know it, it, it has connected so many families and friends across the globe so it has enhanced the community. You know, it, it has helped to build this social capital, you know, in the people. It also has this enormous educational potential. In fact, I was reading an article by, you know, a 2018 Pew, Pew survey of attitude towards social media on the part of uh, American teenagers. It showed that, that 81% feel more connected to friends. Yeah, 59% think social media helps them interact with more diverse groups. So it's helping to promote multiculturalism. So there are a whole lot of things it has helped people to do. So many people that have been, you know, going through tough times. They have found even strange good friends, strange good friends on the, on the social media. But also, we cannot also, in the midst of all these positives and lose sight of the downsides of these technological developments, in our time uh, so many things you see so many people for instance you see so many young people teenagers spending average between seven and nine hours a day watching a screen so they spend their whole time on the internet testing and doing all of that so and it has started taking tolls on people and affecting our our whole life 
I, I read a book uh, by one Jonathan Sachs. The second chapter of that book is entitled On Social Media. That is UN, not ON. UN on social media. So we have social media, but it has ended up making us to be unsocial. Yeah, so many people are only present to themselves. You know, that's why we are in the era of selfie. A selfie. So a lot has been reduced. Reality has been reduced to about the self. People are becoming more uh, are addictive to social media and it is beginning to damage their physical and mental health. And it's causing them a whole lot of things. And the communication has uh, assumed a negative meaning. At the heart of communication is what we call affective dimension of communication. Uh, it involves personal presence. So what social media has unfortunately come to do is that it has replaced face-to-face -face contact, the eye contact. Like when you are talking to me, telling me your problem, that you are having problem, how you are navigating the challenges in Nigeria. Social media has prevents me not to see you eye to eyeball to eyeball and look into your eyes and see the frustration and see the body language and see the vulnerability. So both, uh, that's one thing it has robbed people and that interpersonal relationship needs an investment of time, intimacy, and degree of privacy. So these are the downsides of what social media has also come to rob people. And when you ask me whether social media is affecting our belief in God, and I tell you yes, because the glory of God, according to St. Irenaeus, is that the glory of God is human being fully alive. Human being fully alive. The flourishing of human beings is what gives God glory. So if human beings are not flourishing, God is not taking glory. So, and that is what is happening. A lot of people today are isolated. A lot of people are isolated, even in the, with the whole gadget we have that should be connecting us. The social media is not bad in itself, but our usage of it is bad. We have used it to replace other things, but it should be added to what we already have, but it has come to replace the other ones. So that's where the problem lies. Yeah, still talking about digital technologies and how it is affecting, influencing, and impacting humanity. You founded a non-profit media platform to allow people reflect on their shared joys, challenges, and the complexities of their Christian faith as lived in their daily activities. How would you describe the journey and the experience so far? And also, what impact do you expect from this platform? Thank you so much for that question. It's, uh, the Faith on the Street is, is a media online media platform. It's a non-profit organization. So what we actually do is just like, I, I remember when I was in, in Belgium, I, one of my students there, when I was at uh, St. Joseph the Walker Catholic Chaplaincy Unisic, that's where I met you, Tony. So a lot of people, a lot of students I, have, I, you know, I kept in contact with, we, I discovered that most of them don't no, no longer attend churches again. So I, just, I was asking them why. They were saying, Father, most of the things uh, they are saying in the church are far removed from my whole personal experiences and stories. And they, like, I feel like faith and religion no longer touches my everyday affairs. That's why I no longer saw so them. I tried to, you know, have a conversation with them. And it was that conversation that, you know, led to this fruit of this uh, initiative, we online initiative, Faith on the Street. So what we do is this. Just like if you look at the logo, our logo there on our page on Facebook, you will see that it has the image of uh, the, the two people, the Emmaus story. Emmaus, that is what happened after resurrection. The two young men that we are frustrated that Jesus himself came, they thought they, they were expecting him to be the Messiah they wanted him. 
to come and lord it over the Romans and kill all of them. But Jesus came and became a humble servant and died. And they were disappointed. And they were, they were leaving the Jerusalem and they were going back to Emmaus. So they were leaving the Emmaus. Jesus, on Resurrection Day, appeared to them on the way they were leaving. So when they, when they left the church, Jesus did not leave them. So Jesus approached them on the way and then asked them, well, you know, he started engaging them with the stories. And he came, initially, he did not change their, the topic of conversation. Because the Bible says that they were going home, discussing about the whole thing and how everything happened. Jesus came and, and they, were, they were worried when he joined, he disguised himself. And then they, they told him, they did not recognize him. So, and he joined the conversation. Then, in joining the conversation, he, from there, gradually led them to discover him at the breaking of bread. So that's what we are doing at the faith on the street. We are going into the street now to to meet people. They're joining the conversation. So many topics they are talking about on the street, about BB Niger. If you go to our page, you see the episode we did on BB Niger. We go into that and they go into so many topics they are, that is hot up there. They are talking about. And then we try to look at what people are saying on the street and then engage a priest. A priest comes in, or a pastor. We are, we have done the one. We are an Anglican priest. Uh, also um, did something there. So we 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 engage the you know the men of God and they, they they come there and then offer reflections on what these people on the street are saying about their life, about their faith, about the challenges they are passing through. And we, we what we hope to achieve is to build a connection to tell people there is still a huge connect between faith and real life issues. And then also, to, because we know that most of them are leaving the church, but they still ask those questions that are also framed in the, you know, by the religious narrative in the churches. So many of them have left the church, but they have not stopped asking the questions about God. So we discover through the experiences they are sharing that underneath those experiences, even about BB Niger, about uh, relationship, about love with their boyfriend and girlfriend, that there is underneath them questions about the place of God in their lives. And so that's what we are doing. And yes, uh, they say man never rests until man rests with and in God. So how can people on the streets connect with faith on the streets? Yeah, they can, you know, they can connect uh, by going to our page. Our page is uh, Faith on the Street. It's on the Facebook. It's on the Instagram. It's on the YouTube. So they can go there. We also have our website, www.faithonthestreet.org. So they can also go there and uh, see what we are doing, especially on Facebook. They can go there and like and then follow our pages so that they will be getting the episodes, the videos, and all the posts there. So that's how they can join us. All right, Father. Finally, your Easter words to people. What do you have to say to Nigerians during this Easter celebration? Any Easter wishes for us? Yes, I'm wishing the very best to all the Nigerian people. There are a whole lot of things that are happening to us here in this country. But let the message of hope, which we are celebrating at this Easter period, be the thing that is always at the back of our minds. That in the midst of all the things that are happening, God will use all these things and transform them. And transform them. We are worshipping a God that knows the way to the grave. And he knows the way to the grave. He knows how to identify with people who are suffering. And he is identifying with us. And he will rise. We are going to rise with him. He's going to raise us up. Every of our problem will be transformed someday, someday. Let Amen. us keep believing. 
Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen to all of your prayers, Father. Amen. Now, we've been uh, speaking with the Assistant Chaplain St. Augustine Catholic Chaplain C. Federal Polytechnic Oko Anambra State in Nigeria and the founder, Faith on the Street, the Reverend Father Charles Mamadweki. Madweku. Madweku. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you for your time, sir, and insights. Thank, so Thank you so much, Father. We really appreciate it. And enjoy your yeah. Easter. Yeah, I wish you the very best. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.